RadioInfluence.com. It's DJ Contempo's most connected DJ. Um, if you are watching me on YouTube, which I hope you are, then you see that I am not alone today. And um, co-host aside and all that other good stuff, today might be one of my most intriguing conversations. And it's funny because it follows my entrance into the female group chat. And I am happy to have on the pod today, Miss Isabella Mize. Make sure I got that part right. She is from Toronto, Canada, and she is the communications director for Ashley Madison. We will get into all of that. But first off, um, how are you? Wonderful. Summer is finally upon us. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, let's let's do this then. Let, let's let's start with something since you mentioned summer. Right. I'm from New York, but I live in Florida now, which it seems like it's yeah. always summer. What is the summer like in Toronto? And, and I would be amiss if I didn't get into something else. But let's start with what's the summer like in Toronto? So far, it's been a bit rainy, we had a rainy spring, but typically it's hot. And we, you know, we only have a few months a year that are really, really hot. So people like to get out. It's very social. There's lots to do in our city. Um, It's a great time to visit. But yeah, people, especially post pandemic, are very eager just to get out of the house, have fun, go to a patio, watch a a sports game. So it's a lot. It's very alive, the city, especially in the summer. Uh, Miss Carolina Calix has, 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 uh, has joined the pod, which is something that I am super happy about. As we continue this conversation with Miss Isabella Mize, um, what I wanted to ask you before we get into the Ashley Madison thing, which is a big talk that I want to have with you. Um, I want to Toronto. Um, Three things that I want to ask you, well, th- about three things, and I want to ask you if you had to give up one when it comes to Toronto, when, you, when it comes to Canada, which one would you give up? Would you give up hockey, Justin Bieber, or Drake? I'm going to go, this is going to be a really unpopular opinion. I'm going to give up hockey. I'm not a big sports fan. I would too. I would too. <laughs> I'm a big music fan, so I would say, Yeah. My, my coworkers not going to like that answer because they are big sports fans, but I'm probably, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with our, our famed musicians. Forget your coworkers. I am now a fan of yours because I would have picked the same thing. I'm yeah. like, Justin Bieber and Drake. Forget hockey. How, how important has Drake been to Toronto? I mean, I can't lie. Like the dude, honestly, I from what I know about Toronto, I've been there once, but the way he put the city on his back and the way he talks about it, what does he mean to like someone from there like yourself though? Yeah, I think he's been fantastic for our city um, and it's just been great. And uh, I think having someone that incorporates some, like so much of our city into his music, right? Obviously he's, you know, very um, proud Canadian and, and, you know, makes that really clear. But I think just hearing so much about our city in, in the art that he creates in the music is really a huge source of pride for our city. Have you seen that change? Like, have you seen it get more, you know, uh, packed, more people moving in? What What are the changes that you see there in Toronto? Like, in, yeah. in I mean, again, the, the pandemic last few years haven't really felt the same just because I think so many people um, sort of left Toronto during the pandemic. Um, so it's sort of just now that the city sort of feels like it's alive again. And obviously the summer is here. But I think, you know, prior to that, definitely, I think, you know, he put Toronto on the map in so many ways. It's already a world-class city, but I think, again, just in terms of pop culture, I think he really put the city on the map. Um, even for sports, like 
uh, the Toronto Raptors. He, you know, um, really, I think, drummed up a lot of the pride around our sports team and um, sports, you know, in general in the city. And I just think, again, he's he's always in Toronto. You know, it's, <laughs> it's great. Drizzy, um, yeah. we are here today. Yeah, well, yeah, hey. just. Yeah, yeah, because when she mentioned Raptors, I automatically, I, I'm not a hockey's person, but the first thing that I thought about was he did their uh, most recent jersey, didn't he? This is, you're talking about Justin? Uh, yeah, Justin Bieber. I believe he collaborated with them and he did the Raptors, like a collaboration of their jersey, which was so, pretty cool. Yeah, so Raptors are a basketball team and then the Toronto Maple Leafs are very- There it is. Bam, the Maple Leafs. Thank uh, you for this is how yeah. much I love sports. No, they, they're both great, great for Canada and great for the city. So yeah, we love them. Well, let's talk about the other thing that you have going on. And I'm not sure if this is based in Canada, but you are the communications director for Ashley Madison. Um, the first thing I'd like to get out there so that it's very clear, what exactly is Ashley Madison. For those who don't know, have never heard of it, know anything about it, before we go anywhere else, what is it exactly? Yeah. So we are a married dating website, first and foremost. So it was started back in 2002. Um, so yeah, we're just turning 21, I guess. Um, and it was really born out of this idea that at the time, um, about 30% of people on singles dating sites were actually married. And so the founders of the site, you know, basically said, why not create a place where people are, who are married and interested in dating um, can actually be transparent rather than pretend to be single on a single dating site, actually go to a place where they can be transparent about being married and what they're looking for, what they want. And really our core audience, you know, was started as, you know, married seeking married. So you're, you know, someone who's married that um, isn't really looking typically to leave your, your marriage or your situation. Um, but you are looking to outsource certain needs that you're not getting. Um, but you know, when you meet someone who's also in a similar situation, so also married and, and looking for something else, um, that they're not getting, then you sort of create this, um, this equal footing, right? You're on the same page, you're looking for the same thing and you both have some, you know, some skin in the game, you know, you, you know, you're each sort of, you know, again, looking for the same outcome. Hmm. I, I thought you might jump in, Carolina, because I because my, my next thing is I have a lot. Because I, <laughs> <my, laughs> I, I, I have a lot of questions, but I'm gonna let you like kick it off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's evolved, right? It's evolved over the years. Just like I think the concept and the discussions around monogamy and non-monogamy have evolved since 2002, right? So I think originally that's really um how the site came to be. But I think you know, now, and I joined in 2017, there's a lot of people that join the site with their partner's knowledge. There's a lot of couples on our site. There's a lot of people in open marriages. There's people that are in don't ask, don't tell situations, monogamish. You know, there's so many different um, ways to carry out relationships now that I definitely think that that audience evolved, right? And sort of grew up with the website. Right. But you have to be... Yeah. You have to be married to join the site. Is that a requirement? So you, no. So I would say our core constituency is still married people. Um, but you can be single 
Um, and there are a lot of people, again, that are in more of a transition stage. So they might be going through a divorce, but they don't want to go in a single site yet because they might be still sort of in the midst of a divorce. And so maybe they're not looking for a traditional relationship yet. They're looking for something sort of in between um, people, again, that are separated, people that are in open relationships. So you don't have to necessarily be in a traditional you know, marriage so to speak, to join the site. There are a variety of different. Um, now, you said that you joined in 2017. Is that before you? you... Sorry, oh, I need a company. I oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because I, I wanted to clear. I didn't, like I said, again, I'm, I'm going for clarification before I get into all these other, these other things that I'm sure are on Carolina's mind. I'm, I'm going for strictly clarification in the beginning. Okay. So you joined as, <laughs> you joined as community. <laughs> yeah, I joined uh, the communications team at Ashley Madison in 2017. So okay. I would say at the point in which I joined, yeah, you can definitely, I, even since then, right, I've seen an evolution in our membership. And a big part of what I do since day one has been speaking to our members. Like that was, I think, my best education into what Ashley Madison was all about, right? Mm-hmm. I want to speak to people using the site. I want to get a sense of, you know, what they're all about and what motivated them to join a married dating site and what maybe they're not getting at home. So I have had so many conversations. I've been so lucky to actually get to have people share these personal details about their life, right, with me. Um, But yeah, I would say that I've seen that evolution in our membership over the years. So a lot more people um, sort of steering away from traditionally monogamous relationships. And I, I do have to say, I think, when the pandemic hit, that was a real uh, test for relationships. And I think a lot of couples either thrived or sort of found that if there were those existing issues in the relationship, it sort of widened those issues and made them sort of widened um, that gap in the relationship even further because, you know, marriage was really never meant to be 24 seven lockdown, uh, now kids at home, homeschooling 24 seven, no real relief. Right. So I think we actually that we saw a surge in that in our membership. That's what I was going to ask. Did you see a surge within that time? And like also with the evolution of all these relationships, how many I'm assuming you talk to every member, how many open relationships or how many polynamorous relationships are actually coming onto the sites versus before the lockdown? Um, it's hard to give an exact number, but anecdotally, I, I could say there are a lot of people who use the pandemic as sort of an opportunity to redefine their monogamy agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just, yeah, I, I think again, like it, it was a bit of a pressure cooker and it's not like you're necessarily, you know, questioning if you're with the right person, but it's almost, you're questioning if monogamy makes sense anymore. So that's what I mean when I say people aren't necessarily looking to leave their relationship because they're not convinced that, you know, being with someone else permanently long-term is the answer either. They sort of are aware now that they'd run into those same hiccups, I think. So they're more looking to really ground themselves in a primary partnership and then outsource their needs based on that primary partnership. If that, I'm I'm not sure where they're, where the, I'm not sure where the finger snap came in at, but I'm 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 sensing it's about to get interesting here. Um, l- let me let me let me back up a little bit with you and your position, right? Because yeah. again, I'm a guy. I, you know, I'm I'm blamed for being a certain way because I'm a guy, and men are who we are. Now, at least by perception, anyway. 
your thoughts on marriage before you took this gig were they the same as they are now or like like before you took this gig like me like I am very much we and Carolina and I have talked about this right I'm very much in this entertainment thing and I almost am I'm not even surprised no more by the stuff I see when I'm out or on the road or that type of thing when when I when I'm in the middle of this right you're in the middle of this site that is kind of like hey this Haters is a spot this. yeah Haters this is a, yeah this is a that. spot that we cater to this lifestyle right but what I'd like to know is like before you took this gig or have you always thought that hey, maybe this is how marriages need to be the last. Or were you, did you go into, did you, before you took this gig, were you like, when I find my my forever person, because I've heard that a lot, you know, when I find my person, you know, me and this person, this is who I'm going to be with, whether they were a high school sweetheart or wherever they are, this is my person. I don't want anybody else. Mm-hmm. Was that your thought process before? If it was, has it changed? Or have you all, have you had this Ashley Madison kind of thought process on what you think maybe how marriages winds up being? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, so I would say I've always been a hopeless romantic. Um, my parents have been together since they were 14 and they're still happily married. Um, I have lots of friends who were married. Um, I believe in the grand ambition of love, all of that. I would say that when I joined Ashley Madison, I was intrigued. I thought it was interesting. I thought, you know, from a career perspective, this would be a really cool challenge. I work in marketing and comms, you know, and like what better challenge? Because like you said, there are so many people that really, you know, it's it's tough to root for this brand, right? There are a lot of people that don't agree with it, right? So I saw that as a challenge, um, both for my own understanding and thinking, but also just in terms of what I do. So I said, you know, for me, the only way I can do this and really do it well, I think, is to to get to know the people using the site. Because I said, if I can really get to the heart of who's on the site and why they're here and how a site like Ashley Madison is helping them and increasing their happiness and all of that, then I can... I can work with that. I can go from that jumping off point and then dig a bit deeper, right? So from that, you know, I've worked with a ton of sociologists and psychologists and academics who study this. And I just became a student of the topic of monogamy and relationships. And so, of course, I would say my view on marriage and long-term partnership has, has changed slightly in that I don't think it's easy. I don't think, you know, I don't think monogamy is for everyone. I think we're made to believe that that is the only way, you know, you meet someone, you get married, you have kids and you stay with them forever. I I don't think that model works for everyone anymore. And I think it works for far less people than I originally might've thought. And I think when I think of my own life, um, like I said, I still, I'm not married, but I would still like to get married. I'm still looking for that. A lifelong partner. I still uh, believe that monogamy works for me, um, but I no longer judge or, you know, shame people that maybe it doesn't work so naturally for, or maybe they've put 20 years into a marriage and, you know, hit that point where maybe they're, they're struggling with it. Um, I think that people evolve and sometimes people grow together. Sometimes people grow in different directions. And I don't think divorce is always as simple and easy as people think it is, right? I think 
Um, sometimes there is other options and whether that is a couple opening up their relationship together and um, being open in that way or whether it's someone exploring. Um, is there, a, is there oh. a certain like year that this kind of happens? Because every, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but the seven year itch is usually that turning point in a lot of relationships where it gets like reevaluated, you know, are we for each other? Is there a certain timestamp that you see that, you know, people start seeking out websites like, you know, Madison? Yeah. Seven months. I oh, think, my bad. I, I you think, wasn't talking to me. My bad. My bad. This question's for you, Isabella. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think the seven year itch is sort of a saying for a reason. I think there is a lot of truth to that. Um, we actually did a study called the Good Wife Study a few years back, and we asked the women of Ashley Madison to respond to a series of questions, and and that was one of them. And so that was the most popular slot for when they considered um, stepping outside their relationship. Um, so I do think there's some truth to that. I think also um, when you start introducing um, kids, oftentimes. Um, couples the relationship goes from being just about two people to now um growing a family and I think sometimes that presents a challenge for a lot of relationships um, um but I would say most commonly that seven year so it is true it, 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 that, absolutely um and we've done studies before where you know milestone birthdays are really big for people considering so people tend you know 29 39 49 59 those years are where people are often sort of questioning their life choices, questioning their decisions. Um, and again, I, I say it again, the pandemic has been big. A lot of people have become introspective because of the pandemic, um, sort of questioning, is this the life that I want? Is this what makes me happy? Um, so I think that that has also sparked a lot of um change in relationships i know we talk about the, the pandemic being a big deal and and i can honestly not relationship wise but agree with that to an extent of even like my career and the things that i do so i kind of get where that comes into this um one of the things I, I like to ask though too is we we talk about and and i've talked about this too with like grandparents and stuff like that right where you hear about oh my grandparents been together for 25 35 years right and and oh my god relationship goals but it also seems like too nowadays like we give up on things and I say we because I'm a part of this generation, right? We give up on things a lot quicker. And do you think or have you guys found in your research that that's because maybe they feel like there's so many other options out there, whether it be like what they see on social media, like Instagram or a dating website, like the ones that you guys have at Ashley Madison. Do you think that that has a lot to play into how people give up on their relationships or go and be like, you know what, maybe there are better options over here instead of working on what they have at home like we you know because our grandparents they didn't have it easy easy either but they also didn't have a computer that could give them the world in their back pocket like we do now yeah i think we can't deny technology has played a role right just in terms of being aware of options but i don't i still don't think that it can convince people who are fully satisfied necessarily to you know uh make that type of decision. I will say though, when we think of generational gaps, so when you look at something like divorce and let's say our grandparents' generation, there was a lot more shame around divorce. So 
people oftentimes would turn a blind eye to things like infidelity because they didn't want to be judged for going through a divorce because divorce was a thing. It was more acceptable to turn a blind eye to something like infidelity than it would have been to have a, you know, go through a divorce. I think that's totally shifted, right? People have divorce parties nowadays. Now there's actually a lot more shame if you stay with someone after they've cheated on you. And that's a total cultural shift, right? I think had our grandparents' generation, you know, been that way, we would have seen that behavior modeled that, right? So I do think there's a cultural evolution that sort of social script that we tend to follow around things like that. Um, so it's not that it wasn't happening back then. It's that people were a lot more hush hush about it. And again, people just sort of, I think, tend to turn a blind eye. Um, so I would just say that that's also, yeah, worth bringing into the discussion. But of course, technology has given us more access that does play a role. Um, and even, you know, even just in, in singles dating, right. There's just so many options that people, um, you know, just always think that there, you know, is another person around the corner. So you, you guys do with a, that a cultural, go ahead, go ahead, Carolina. With that cultural shift, I definitely wanted to ask you, usually uh, the men are considered the bigger cheaters. Do you see Do you see where this just suddenly took a turn? Is is it just me or did this suddenly take a turn? Usually, okay. (laughs) Through all all your research at Ashley Madison, have you found a shift that maybe women are being more? What is that balance there? How many women versus men seek out uh, sites like Ashley Madison to look out for that extra relationship outside of their own. Yeah. And that's, again, a really important point you're touching on. And I think that in terms of me joining Ashley Madison, the company in 2017, <laughs> and, um, in terms of what I've learned, like I had my own misconceptions when I took on this job, right? It just, again, what we learn about in movies, what we everything we learn about infidelity, um, I sort of held those same beliefs. Um, And I did tend to think it was more of a male dominant behavior. Um, I think like most people do, Um, but that's absolutely uh, a misconception. Hold, please, hold, please, hold, please, (laughs) hold, hold, please, hold, please. City boys, we up, city boys, we up. Hold on, city boys, we up. I don't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry. Are you saying that women cheat just as much as men? Is that what, please tell me, I just want some clarity here. I just need you to say it. I don't want want you to miss you making your point. I know I'm celebrating way too much at the moment, but I'd like to know, are women cheating just as much, if not more, than men? They are. I feel... What? Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Isabella. Please, please go on with your point. Please, I, I am so sorry. Let me calm it down like over here. You just gave so much ammo right now. Let me, <laughs> let me call. Let me calm down, Isabella. My, my apologies, Isabella, for interrupting you. Please, please go on. So yeah, um, I, I will say it again. Women are cheating just as much, if not more, than men. Um, we, so we do an annual report every year where we release sort of our our sign-up numbers and our, you know, ratio of men and women on the site. So it's a pretty balanced community, but in some places, so we're global, right? So in some places like Brazil, for example, it actually is almost twice the amount of women as men on the site. So 
we look at it globally, but then we actually break down different markets. And there are places in, you know, in different countries around the world that actually do have almost double the amount of women on the site. Um, so that's worth noting. And I think that um, there is a stat that was released a couple of years back that said, um, you know, female infidelity has risen by about 40% since the early 90s, where male infidelity has remained pretty much the same. And the question is, are women cheating more now? Or is it that they're just more comfortable talking about it? Because his, again, historically women have, it can't be argued, women have been more judged more harshly and historically have faced more consequences for infidelity. So, you know, um, I think that- I am very glad that you are here, but I feel like some, I feel like, I, is it me, Jason, or you're listening to this, right? I just feel like she laid it out nice and smooth so that the women could feel good. You know, I don't, I don't know if the women are actually cheating more, but the women will talk about it. They'll lay it out there. Whereas guys are back, we probably cheating more. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, like men no. are cheating more. We just don't tell it. So y'all ain't got the data. <laughs> I, I just, I, no, but, no, but I will say <laughs> women have become more sexually empowered. They are more comfortable, um, you know, not settling if they're not getting what they need in a relationship. They're more comfortable talking about sex and talking about orgasms. I mean, this is something, again, that this is a shift. This is not something that was always the case. Um, and I think that, you know, there has been a ton of research. I mean, we work with the woman, Dr. Alicia Walker, and she did two separate studies, one on uh, the female members of Ashley Madison, one of the male members of our site. And in her first book, um, which was uh, The Secret Life of the Cheating Wife, um, she found that women primarily were cheating for sex. So they were otherwise very happy with what they were getting in their primary relationship, um, but, you know, were not happy with their sex life. So they were either um, not having enough of it, or they weren't having the kind of sex they wanted. So not enough orgasms. Um, their partner wasn't, you know, pleasuring them in the way, the way they wanted. And so they were very um, pragmatic and very um, specific about what they were looking to get out of their time on Ashley Madison, and that was primarily sex. Right. And is, her, is that an option in Ashley Madison where you can actually like opt what it is that you're looking for, or is it just like once you get to know the person, I mean, wants, that's how you look who wants to know the particulars. Listen, ma'am. Make, <laughs> make your intentions clear and in how you create your bio. And, and so some people choose again to put it all out there, whereas other people will wait till they're actually having conversations to sort of disclose what they're looking for. But yes, for the most part, you can there's definitely an option to lay out what you are looking for. Um, and so yeah, she found again the women were largely looking for sex. Now, the men in her study, so she wrote another book called Chasing Masculinity. They were actually, it's not that they weren't looking for sex. That was definitely part of it. But they were you know, much more focused on um, getting emotional needs met. So feeling desired, feeling appreciated, feeling wanted. And that was something that they just really weren't getting as much in their primary relationship. So like men, baby cars. We just look, 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 (laughs) you could just look, we just want somebody to hold us. That's all. We just want somebody to hold us. It it does really flip that script, right? You think you, and again, there there is a misconception that uh, monogamy is easier for women than it is for men. That's just, again, in fact, not true. Women actually tend to get bored uh, in long-term monogamous relationships much more quickly than men. But 
that will present itself as a lack of an interest in sex. And so men will say, oh, you know, my wife doesn't want to have sex anymore. And it's not that she doesn't want to have sex anymore. It's just she's lost interest in sex with her primary partner. And so she goes out and has affairs and all of a sudden she's going, wait a second, I do like sex. I do, but she wants that novelty and she's sort of, so she's not, again, there's this um, sort of sexual reawakening that happens when she's having extramarital sex that, you know, in fact that she, you know, she does like sex. And so I think that um, there are a lot of misconceptions around men and women and why they cheat and, you know, sexuality and all of that, that I think, again, is really more and more is coming to light. And there is a lot more research being done on this. So basically what I'm getting out of this is, fellas, choke your woman at home because she's going to go out and look for it. I'm just saying, I'm sorry. Like, and, and honestly, like I make a lot of jokes here, but I, I will say this and and to give women like all their flowers. I One thing I've found out is that I do believe that you guys tell us the truth way more upfront than a dude will tell you. Like I, like, I just feel like when I meet chicks, they'll be like, yeah, I got a boyfriend because they feel like you ain't going to change what you want to do regardless. Like they'll be like, I got a man. Now it's up to her to decide if she wants to step out on that. But I think that chicks tell us the truth way more than we tell them because we going to just act like we act regardless. And we'll be over here like, nah, I ain't, I ain't seeing nobody. But meanwhile, we got a wife and three kids at home and we just out here like it ain't going to be found on Facebook or, or nothing else. You got, you guys did a study, um, between June 2021 and September 2021. So that's right when the pandemic was, I guess, on its way out, right? Because the pandemic was most of 20, right? Like, Yeah, we dubbed last summer hot back summer. <laughs> well, in Florida, in Florida, we were fighting over hot girl summer and city boy and city boy summer. So it's like okay. a little bit different down here. We were kind of like fighting over that. You know, every time something happened online, it was like city boys, we up 5,000 points, hot girls, you up 2,000 points. It was something like that. But um, first of all, Miss Carolina, let, let me give you a, well, give you a round of applause that Miami is number two. Okay, let me, let me just go ahead and give you a round of applause that Miami is number two. Um, they were number one last year, so actually they were. So we dropped this year. What do you think was that change? The one to break it to you, but you draw. Yeah, it dropped. It's Orlando the top spot this year. Okay. So Orlando and Miami, though they consistently battle for a spot. Oh, look at us, a rivalry of infidelity. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tampa was nine on the list. Look, don't don't go. I was really surprised about that. I'm going to say, by the way, because Tampa is like squashed right in the middle of Miami and Orlando. So I would think that they would be like number three. No, what we do here in Tampa is move out of the way of all of your infidelity. We let y'all go right down to Miami and right back up to Orlando. That's how we get out of the way. Now, this study, though, is it... Is it just really about it comes from people who sign up for Ashley Madison or was there a deeper thought into what went with this list right here? No. So for this list, it's based on signups. So we look at signup data from the year prior. I'm going to be very honest and ask you a question. Do you think that down here in the South, it's like more easy to cheat because of our weather? I mean, I I don't know. I think weather, we always say, you know, again, in colder climates, when the summer hits, people, you know, clothes are coming off, people are feeling sexy, inhibitions are lowered. So I think the fact that places like Miami are warm all year round, I definitely, I think it it could play a part. Um, So Florida specifically, I mean, um, like I said, it's a hot spot for infidelity. Miami and Orlando continuously battle for the top spot. 
Um, and it, just in general, um, Floridian cities consistently make the top five every year um, without question. So there is something to be said about that, I think for sure. Um, but also again, there's nightlife, you know, Miami and places like, you know, a lot of places in Florida are known for their nightlife. Um, it's known to be a destination for fun. Um, and I think things like, you know, Florida has seen a spike in divorce since the pandemic, which we talked about earlier, right? Um, so I think a lot of relationships, you know, sort of went through that pressure cooker during COVID. Um, and, and again, people were looking to outsource, right? So it, uh, I, I wouldn't say uh, it's surprising to see Florida rank the way it did this year. It's Here- pretty consistent with what we for, for those who haven't seen this list, I'm going to just go from 20 to 1, and then I'm going to tell you what surprised me about this list when I saw it. Number 20, Portland, Maine, 19, Colorado Springs, 18, Anchorage, Alaska, which we're not surprised that that made the list because it's like, really, what else do you do in Alaska? But I don't know. Um, number 17 is Cleveland. 16 is Denver. 15, Jacksonville, North Carolina. 14, Pittsburgh. 13, Spokane, Washington. 12, Buffalo, New York. 11, Richmond, Virginia, 10, Minneapolis, Tampa is nine, St. Paul, Minnesota is eight, St. Louis is seven, Boise, Idaho is six, Cincinnati, Ohio is five, Vegas is four, kind of surprising, Uh, Atlanta is three, Miami is two, Orlando is one. What surprised me, though, is the top two markets in the country, New York City and Los Angeles, California. They did not make the top 20. Did that surprise anybody on your side of the fence? Yeah, I mean, because if you look at weather, right, Los Angeles, they have, you can make the argument they have weather all the time, right? So, and again, Florida is consistently there and we, and we don't see that same representation with LA. Um, New York, I mean, I think people tend to, to think that um, because it's a big city that it's definitely going to be there, but we, we look at per capita. So we're looking at signups per capita. So it doesn't necessarily mean just because you're a big city, you're going to be on there. Um, because then the list would just be big cities. Right. Um, so we do rank it in that way to make it an accurate portrayal. So yeah, I, I do think uh, Los Angeles surprised me more than New York. When you, when you, you talk about the the pandemic and how there was like a spike in signups and people, you know, looking for this type of thing in your surveys. And I don't know if you guys have done this survey Did a lot of people say that they wanted to end it when the pandemic was over or they, they want to go further or can, you know, continue it or what have you guys done research to examine that? Yeah. So we also did a report called love beyond lockdown, which was essentially a report on navigating marriage and infidelity through the pandemic. I just want to give you a round of applause. I just want to give you a round of applause on those names. You guys keep coming up with in there. Love beyond lockdown. Like these, like these, if I make an album, I'm calling you. I'm be like, Hey, can you help name my album? Please love beyond lockdown. (laughs) No, but we, I think it's a great question. I think it's an important distinction to make when we talk about affairs that happened during the pandemic, because a lot of these affairs were cyber affairs. So they were, people weren't necessarily obviously meeting their affair partner in person, right? As we know, depending on where you live, there was so many restrictions. Now, some people still did it anyway, um, but for a lot of people, their pandemic affairs were chatting, were just talking to someone. Um, So I think for some people, when the restrictions started to lift, that was actually an opportunity to meet that person if they wanted to in person. But for some people, really, the chatting, and 
I will say this is also another distinction with men versus women. A lot of the men too are okay sometimes just with the chatting, right? The, that kind of, that scratches the itch, right? Of getting that, with that validation and that, and that connection and that emotional um, piece that they're lacking. So during the pandemic, I think for a lot of people, they just wanted to connect with someone. They wanted some kind of of a break or, you know, from the chaos that was happening in, in their house, right? It was really, it was really, I think, uncertain as to what was going to happen. And in those periods of stress, there's um, typically uh, two types of personalities. There's nesters and seekers. So your nesters are going to be the type of people people that just want to stay under the blankets and watch Netflix all day and like just be very cozy and not think about the outside world. The seekers are the people that are going to go outside of their house, like sort of think, think of the people that are online shopping and getting deliveries every day. They're the people that want to seek that comfort from outside of their, their house. So those are probably going to be the people that are, again, are looking to connect with people online right? They want some sort of distraction from, again, outside their house versus people, again, the nesters that are going to want to just really stay safe, stay cozy, not talk to a whole lot of people. That's their comfort, right? So I think there are different personalities. And that report that we did really did sort of break down the percentage of people that were nesters versus seekers and people that were meeting in real life versus people that just wanted to have a cyber affair. And that was enough for them. So we absolutely look at this stuff. And I think that, um, yeah, the pandemic was a huge uh, turning point for a lot of relationships. And that's why, and you saw spikes in divorces in so many places. But then again, I, I do think it's worth noting that it did make couples stronger for those that chose to stay together. I think um, a lot of people did come out the other side, but I think for those people, they are really starting to look at their monogamy agreement. And it's like, you know, you renew your driver's license every few years. There's so many things that you renew, but people sort of make these vows when they get married and then don't ever really talk about them again and what they mean. Right. And, and we change so much in that time. So I think that what, you know, we like to call ourselves and you're going to laugh, but we like to call ourselves the world's best marriage counselor, because we ultimately know what people aren't getting in their marriage. Um, and we know that through data, we know that anecdotally, if you're talking to them. So, um, I think, you know, what we hear is a lot of people want to be open with their partner. They actually want to have these conversations. They actually want to tell their partner, hey, you know, I'm not getting this. I'd like to try this. I, I really wish we can do this. Um, but it's intimidating. A lot of people don't know how to initiate those conversations, or maybe they've tried and it didn't really land the way they wanted it to. So I think that over the next few years, like coming out of COVID, I do think we're going to start seeing more and more couples sort of begin to have those conversations. I think also when we talk about different generations, Gen Z, they're going to be much more comfortable again, like having those conversations around monogamy because I think they're, they're less traditional, right? And they, they might've seen a lot of their parents get divorced or, you know, have it not work out. So they're going to want to do things differently. I think same with the younger millennials. Um, but I do think that's kind of where we're headed for sure. You spoke about, and this was exactly where I wanted to go. You spoke about that. You guys kind of think of yourselves as the world's biggest marriage counselor. So is there something that you guys offer in Ashley Madison within the inner workings that uh, maybe there's a couple, right? And they both have signed up 
maybe together or somehow they they know that they're both there is there something that you guys offer to maybe like help them say well what you've been looking for over here your partner wants to now make sure that they can help get you to that i don't know if, if that's something that you guys oh, offer. that's a great idea though just call I me just call idea. me because i want to be in there when you guys come up with the name and i want to be a part yeah. of it i'm all about ashley madison yeah. now just so i wasn't before but i know i've learned something you know i'm just She's thinking like, i'm yeah, just thinking I'm you know it. yeah i'm in it you yeah. know yeah no that's a great idea no of course we, we do work with a lot like i said a lot of their couples therapists and experts and like the academics um, and we have things like newsletters that we send out to members and we, you know, so there are things like that in terms of resources that we offer for sure. Just, you know, different articles we send our members and things like that. But, um, no, I think you're onto something. I like this idea. Is it tracked like, uh, the outcomes of this? I mean, how much more often than not, does it lead to a happier marriage versus an actual divorce and a split? Yeah, I, I think it, there's so no two situations are alike. And again, I I've learned that in speaking to, to people we've had, you know, probably the one, one of the more interesting stories that I've heard from members in our site is there were two people on, that met on the site. They were both married. They actually ended up leaving their partners for each other. They got married. And then I think it was six years into their marriage that they were both sort of feeling that urge to step outside, but they didn't want to do it in secret. So they decided to open up their marriage and they both went back on Ashley Madison as a married couple and met other people to, you know, to outsource those needs, which I think that's a real full circle moment, I think. Um, But yeah, I think there are people that, you know, their time on Ashley Madison ultimately made their relationship um, stronger. And I know people sort of, they hear that and it doesn't really make a whole lot. It doesn't seem in, like it makes a whole lot of sense. But I think a lot of times people sort of learn about their their sexual desires and needs sort of actually like away from their primary partner. It's almost like there's too much familiarity and comfort sometimes at home for them to explore that. And then so when they explore it outside of that relationship, they can almost bring that back into the marriage. Like they've almost learned more about what they like and what they need. So now they can communicate that better. So in that way, I think we've had people say like, it's made my sex life at home with my partner better. And that's kind of like what I needed from it. Right. Um, and so those who will, you know, stay married. Um, and again, there are a lot of people that are in more don't ask, don't tell. Um, so, and in that way too, again, it, it could make their, sex life with their partner better right because it's sort of this, it's a bit of this again this mystery and they're also again they're getting what they need from a, you know, from different places so they're not really there's no resentment there's no um they don't feel like they're missing out on anything so they're that's when we say it can almost help preserve that relationship long term because they're not always left wondering um but yeah you know, again, a lot of open couples, but what I think is really interesting about the open relationships is they don't tell people in their life that they're in an open relationship. So they're open with each other, but they still want discretion, which is why they join Ashley Madison, because they don't want to just go on any dating site where they could see people they know. They actually want to keep that open relationship between the two of them. So I do wonder if that's going to change as well as sort of society becomes more open to non-monogamy and non-traditional relationships. If, if, people that are in open relationships will still be more discreet about it. 
Right. That's a good one, yeah. I, I, I know I got to let you go soon, but we've talked about male, female. We've talked about different generations. Do you guys have the data on nationalities? Like, are there, like, big differences in, like, say, uh, brown people, are you black just people? Hispanic? Hispanic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actually, I, actually, to be honest, first of all, first and foremost, I really want to know how many brothers was on the site. That's what I really want to know. So, look, I go if I go out there, I don't run into none of my boys, be like, hey, I'm out here, like, it's just, just me. No, I'm playing. But, like, do you have, like, you know, a nationality breakdown more so that you see? Yeah, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but we're we're global, right? So we're actually in more than 15 different languages. We're wow. in more than 50 countries. I've traveled to so many places, um, wow. which has been really cool. So and and so I would definitely say again, like we're like infidelity is universal. Like this, you know, I know sort of people um, I think are shocked to know that we've been around for so long. But uh, and I think again, people are shocked to know that like the site thrive during the pandemic like that's surprising people people are shocked to know wow you're in more than 15 different languages and you know we have we just you know we're you know more than 70 million globally like we're 200,000 people signing up a day like we're the numbers are huge and so I definitely think that um we're yeah and we see those differences like in terms of um different countries, we see like the different gender breakdowns, right? And it tells you a lot of culturally about what's going on too, right? Um, in countries that are a bit more conservative or a bit more religious, maybe we actually do tend to see a lot of membership. So it's almost like, um, I think those breakdowns and a lot of those breakdowns are in our annual reports that I referenced um, are really fascinating. It's really interesting. So, so in, in terms of nationality, who's the most interesting or interested in, in websites like Ashley Madison? Yeah, so so we're a Canadian website. Um, so I would, again, our, our biggest market, I guess, internationally would be the U.S., but that's sort of considered. She just guess, like, we just over here cheating. We just over here cheating all day. We don't, we don't got nothing else to do <laughs> no. over here. You know, in the U.S. Yeah, I would say outside of North America, our, our biggest market is uh, Brazil. So Brazil, and like I said, um, twice as many women than men on the site. So yeah, I, I just looked up tickets over there. Tickets are not that much to get to Brazil yeah. either. I'm just, I'm just yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, got, I think I got to go over there to DJ or something. I think somebody called, uh, somebody hit me about a date over there. I, we were looking up tickets. I didn't mean that. I was paying attention, but I had to look up tickets to Brazil while you were, you know, you were telling us uh, about Brazil. I don't know what the party is, or I don't even know if we've even come up with the event yet, but I got to go to Brazil. I just, I just, I just know that. Yeah, yeah, we have to do a brainstorm. We have to go to do a brainstorming session, a creative yeah, session. You, you, no, you know what? Brazil. You know what? I, I think it's a cool idea. Do you guys have like Ashley Madison like events? Like, do would they would or they would have to be in secret, huh? They would have to be discreet. That's it. That it was just gonna say that would be the only part. They have to be like a masquerade ball. Ooh, that would not be about. See, 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 Carolina's into these things. She just don't want nobody to know she's there. But well, here comes. Okay, this is this is this is it. Working on that event, I love that. No, I, I, look, man. I don't want this. No, I, I look. I appreciate you taking the time, and I, I think that there's so much more to to even explore in this topic, which is why I'm even glad that we got to talk. What's what's next though for you guys? Like, like I know that you guys have so much going on. You guys are 
steadily growing and and you guys are legal now happy 21st birthday you guys are legal now and all that good I stuff know. like we can go drinking in miami <laughs> exactly you know so so what do you what do you see next as like you know it's your job as your job keeps turning and evolving what do you see next for ashley madison yeah so we just released we're getting set to release um uh the future of non-monogamy report which is really exciting report that we just completed so i will say next for us is just I think two things, exploring a bit more, like I said, the broader non-monogamy space, because I do think that's where we're headed. And then I think it's always really telling to sort of like get the sense of the next generation. So what's gen like for so long, it was obviously millennials. And um, I think that that next generation is being ushered in. So how are they going to look at monogamy differently? Right. And what are they looking for? And are they interested in marriage and all of that? So we're really, really um, interested in, in those two areas right now. I'd like to do this. I do this oftentimes because I think, first of all, your job is, first of all, one that somebody's not going to hear about every day. I mean, a lot of people don't, a lot of the younger kids, I would say, right, they they hear about publicists or this director or that director or whatever, right? And I think that your your job is one of those that you'd be like, how did she get that job? So if you could tell, like, like younger you or seventh grader right now, it's like, like, I, I have this idea of a job, but you know, they don't know. Like you said, you weren't sure, like, some, this would be something, but you, you tried it. If you could give that younger person a bit of advice, like what would you tell them? I would definitely say always take the meeting, like always take the call, take the coffee, like always, even if something at first glance doesn't seem like something you'd be good at or something you'd be interested in, or maybe you're intimidated, whatever it is, always just take that first step, that meeting and learn, learn more. Um, and I think that you just never know, right. You, you never know where it's going to lead. And I also just, again, like make those connections when you're young, again, like just get out. If you don't know what you want to do, just get out and meet as many people as you can and talk to them about what they love about their job. And because in a lot of ways I sort of did stumble into this, it is a really unique role. And it wasn't something that I could have ever imagined. Like I, but I've never sort of dreamt up this job when I was in middle school. I wouldn't even have known it existed. So I think you just have to sort of like follow your intuition, follow your lead um, and never say never. Right. And I think that um, it, you can go cool places. So, yeah. Her name that is. Was it was. <laughs> and honestly, like, I think that we need to hear that more. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of this and I, and I talk to people all the time about this. My biggest thing too right now is that the next generation of creatives that they hear stories like yours, they hear stories like Carolina's, because I think that if we don't, they're just going to get the pictures and the, and the BS on Instagram, right? When there's so many dope things going, like I said, and what you said it best, you said in the seventh grade, you would have never thought that you'd be here, but it's been like enlightening and you're meeting people and you're, you know, you're doing all kinds of things and you could be just like I am. I don't know if I speak for Carolina here, but I don't know much about Ashley Madison. I just see it. You know, I see an article here. I see an article there. But getting to talk to you today, it, it's much deeper than just might be a place I can cheat. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it really is. You know, when you talk oh, to us yeah. about the research and stuff that you're doing and the great work that you guys are doing over there, I think it's really dope. It yeah, it definitely made me look at the website differently because, you know, you always it's like, oh, it's a cheating website. And like you said, when you think of those things, you kind of without thinking, become very judgmental quick. 
So having that breakdown as to like who's seeking and what's going on and like that psychology of the background, I think a lot of people miss that. So I agree. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. yeah. And, and okay, yeah. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I think I'm just a big believer. Like we all have something to learn from anyone in front of us, right? Like any person that you meet, like, I think there's just always such an opportunity to learn more. And so I've really enjoyed talking to you guys. You're so fun. I I had a great time. I, and I don't, I know now that Jason, we will be booking the Brazil tickets after this. We'll get to that. Uh, And we're going to be having the drinks in Miami after. Her name name is Isabella Mai. She is the communications director over at Ashley Madison. Um, Where can they find you on social media if you like to be even found there? I'm on Twitter uh, at Isabella Mai. Um, and I tweet a lot of fun, fun stuff about lots. If you're interested in learning more about this, I, I tweet a lot of stuff about that. So. Right. Yeah. Again, I I appreciate you um, being here. Miss Carolina, where can they find you at on social media? At It's Carolina Live. She's so Latin, yo. She's she's so Latin. I just I just honestly, I just want just the culture. It's just the culture. It's DJ Eakin, man. Uh the DJ Eakin podcast, man. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen, man, and, and follow us, download, subscribe, all that good stuff. Plus on YouTube, it's DJ Eakin TV. Um Miss Isabella, thank you so much. And if you don't mind, leave your calendar open. Sometime we can talk in the future. I'd like to keep checking in. And, and I'd like just like to know where Tampa's moving on this infidelity chart. I don't really care about anywhere else. I just need to know where Tampa moves at because that way I know if I need to move or not. I don't want to be included in some of these oh. things. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will give you a heads up for sure. For sure. And hey, That's when you're out this way again, we'll have to have drinks in Miami, Orlando, or wherever you're doing research yeah. at. We'll have to have drinks. So thank you again, man. The DJ can podcast, man. I appreciate everybody. And uh, I got to get a guy on this show soon, man. Like this is two weeks of, of just, you know, of great, great, Lady great. Power. But you know what it is? I And I appreciate you both, too, for being so insightful because, you know, guys. We're dumb. I just, I admit that we're dumb. We, we got to listen more and I'm okay with that. <laughs> the DJ can podcast, man. I'm gone. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.